2: This is Curtis Terry from the Round Rock Express. You're listening to the Ranger Report.
0: This is the Ranger Report Podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major
1: leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman.
0: Welcome to the Ranger Report Podcast, brought to you by Waltons. Uh, Go to waltons.com for all of your meat seasoning needs. Um, We will be joined today by Jeff Wilson. Uh, He will talk to us about the Rangers, about the draft, about the minor leagues, and about everything else we need to talk to him about. Really looking forward to that. Don't forget to become a patron of the Ranger Report and the Ranger Report Podcast. You can always go to patreon.com and become a patron that way. You can also go to buymeacoffee.com slash the Ranger Report, and you can buy us coffee which would be great just a little bit of money donating helps us run this podcast uh, week in and week out of course go to the ranger shop and look at all the great stuff we have for sale new stuff is coming in the next week or two uh, other than that we are looking forward to talking with jeff wilson a lot has happened in rangers land and we will discuss all that with jeff coming up after this short break you're listening to the ranger report podcast
2: experience the joy of watching your friends and family's faces light up when you feed them wild game you harvested and made them delicious sausages or meat you barbecue and grill with the finest seasonings available. Visit our friends at Waltons.com to find everything you need to turn wild game into tasty meat snacks or spice up your barbecue with new flavors and seasonings. With over 500 seasonings to choose from, there is something that everyone will love. They even have step-by-step videos and how-to articles at MeJustSix to help you go from animal to edible. Use coupon at ranger's 15 at checkout, say 15 percent on your first order at waltons.com waltons everything but the meat
0: all right everyone we are joined by jeff wilson no longer of the fort worth star telegram jeff uh why don't we start off tonight and tell people what you're doing now
1: yeah i appreciate that um i i uh I suddenly found myself as a, a uh, un- unrestricted free agent and so i started uh a newsletter called uh, Jeff Wilson's Texas Rangers newsletter. You can find it at jeffwilson.substack.com. Um, basically it's uh, a lot of what I was doing with the, the old place and um, some new stuff. You know, I, I really, I really enjoy minor league baseball. I think that uh, especially with, with where this team is uh, and this organization is, people need to know about the minor leagues. I mean, the, the the guys that are coming up are are guys who are going to be uh, the next wave that, you know, in theory is going to lead the Rangers back to the playoffs. So um, I'm trying to dive into that. And then, you know, got TR Sullivan. He, he volunteered to write for free. So I like that. uh, Just, just uh, having a good time with it. It's nice to be, uh, it's nice to be your own boss.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. And I'll say that I've subscribed to it. Uh, I've really enjoyed it, really enjoyed the uh, content, really enjoyed your stuff and TR stuff. It was so awesome that he started writing that stuff for you because that's been, I mean, your stuff is always great, but his history stuff has been so fun to read.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I learned so much. Um, I, you know, I, he, he wrote about the 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 Earthquake World Series. That was his first one. But I knew about that because I worked with him and I've heard the story a hundred times. Uh, the, the history of the Rangers, how the Rangers got to Arlington was great. Yeah. Very fascinating. I learned a lot about baseball and uh like you know, Walter O'Malley and, and all those old owners in the 50s and 60s and the strings they pulled and the power they had. So uh pretty good stuff. You guys need to yeah, you know, check it out. It's, it's 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 solid. Yeah, keeping TR
2: busy in his retirement, right? <laughs> <That's>
0: right. <laughs> all right. Well, let's
2: let's talk about the draft. Uh we all know the the one the big name number two overall pick jack leiter Uh, so aside from the fact that you know those that might not be embedded in the in the farm system and and was hawking the draft like we were what can you tell folks about jack leiter aside from the fact that he is al leiter's son and he's right-handed not left-handed like his dad
1: yeah you know he uh it's pretty interesting how how it seemed to come together you know, when we talked to Kip Fag, the scouting director, and, and and Chris Young the night of the draft, they said that he'd been on top of the the board for months, and 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 nobody was able to to knock him off. So I thought that was pretty fascinating. Um, you know, they, they, these scouts uh, spend so much time with the family and get to know them. Chris Young dropped in and saw Lighter quite a bit, and, and really, you know, picked up with with Al, the dad, and. And uh, they, they gave a good presentation about the the Rangers and, and everything. But, you know, the, the, the thing that they're sold on is the fastball. And, you know, I mean, it's not – it's uh, 92 to 97, I guess. Uh, but it has a lot of vertical movement. And, and just the way they talked about it, you know, Kip said he's never seen a fastball like it. And Kip's been scouting for 29 years. So, I mean, that, that, that ought to tell you something. And I think I think if he can command that pitch – the fastball—it's going to help him move uh, through the system pretty quickly. And, you know, it, you know, it, it sounds like it's—it's it's, uh, just dotting, dotting some eyes and crossing some T's, and maybe adding some zero you know, on the on the contract. But uh, the expectation is that he's going to be with the Rangers. He may not pitch this year. Uh, I don't know that he needs to. You know, he had 110 innings with, with Vanderbilt, and and there were some pretty uh, tense tense games that he that he he pitched in. So um, I don't think it's the end of the world if he doesn't pitch, but uh, I'd be surprised if by 2023, he's not knocking on the door.
0: Yeah. And that was what my next question was going to be. Where do you think he'll start in the farm system? You think single double or triple a and when do you think Rangers fans will realistically should see him in Arlington?
1: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. You know. I was a little surprised that Foskey started at high a this year. Uh, maybe, maybe that's the route they go with wider just, I think the intent with Fosky was for him to get his feet wet and to get hot and he ended up getting hurt. So um, yeah, with, with Leiter, maybe that's what he does. He goes, he goes to Hickory. Um, maybe he pitches a month, six weeks, if he's kicking butt, which the expectation uh, is he would be because he's, he's just going to be blown away. These guys. Uh, I, I think Frisco is inevitable next year at some point. Um, and, and then you go from there. I mean, if he's in Frisco in the first half and is, and is, is dominating or, or, or showing enough, maybe he finishes a round rock and, and goes to spring training with a shot at the rotation in 2023.
2: All right, and after that, uh, well, after Aaron Zabala with the 38th overall pick, which is he was another college player, new uh, kind of one Eddie they've done with the draft is drafting college players pretty high uh, over the prep guys. But who do you think the Rangers should be excited about? Is there any sleepers that you think the Rangers got in a good spot as far as value goes. I know that the, the, the signing bonus pool
1: has a lot to say about that, but is there anybody that kind of caught your eye? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting how they you know, how, how the mechanism works and the, just the draft in general. I mean, you you draft guys, you, you you kind of project what they'll sign at, and I think the Rangers drafted a couple, you know, I think Zavala might, I don't think he would sign at slot. I think his slot's like 1.95 million or maybe right at two uh, you know, he was maybe the uh what I think baseball American had him had him around 124 or 121 on their prospect list. So uh maybe there's some value there uh, in, in getting him and saving a little money for the, the two high school guys they took after him, uh the short the short and the catcher, the shortstop from east of Houston and who's the Texas set commit, What, what uh Cowser and um Moeller from from Iowa, the catcher. So they might have to spend a little more on them, but you know the Casey Lee from Alabama. They they spoke really highly of him. Think he has a chance to be a mover. And then the eighth round pick from Biola College or Biola University. I never, absolutely never heard of it. Um, and his last name is tricky to pronounce. But they, they the Rangers love this guy. They, they they are surprised that that he was around in the eighth round. They think if he had been at a bigger university, there's no chance he would have been. They like his fastball. They like his his uh, breaking pitch. He's left handed. So uh, I I wouldn't be surprised to to see him uh, kind of move up through the system or at least maybe get an aggressive push to start and see how that falls. So, you know, that that was kind of the second day, you know, the third day, the Will Taylor thing from Clemson, you know, the Clemson quarterback. I I think that's just a, a reach, you know, just, you know, throw it, throw it out there, see what happens. Uh, but you know, they have, they have three weeks to decide. And and I guess he came to town and worked out for the Rangers. So, uh, there's a relationship there. It's not like they didn't know, know him at all. So we'll see, but well, there were four or five, five other guys yesterday, uh, who, who have pretty big time college commitments. And, um, that's always tricky. It's always, always costs a little more money, but, uh, spe- speaking as uh, somebody who would have rather not gone to college, I would take the money and run. <laughs> uh I, you know I, it, it wouldn't take a lot i mean i i would only use my leverage so much i would say hey i've got this college commitment to oklahoma state what's that worth you know and and and, and then just go
0: yeah now looking let's look past the draft let's look at frisco right now you've got josh young sam huff colwyn jake latz hans kraus and others bubba thompson who you wrote about in your newsletter today so i mean they are they are tearing it up right now in double a um they had a walk-off last night, which we'll talk about yeah. him here in a minute, about Josh Stowers and Rudnett Odor. But uh, <laughs> do you think any of those Frisco guys are going to get a shot at the majors this year? Or do you think they're going to kind of keep that team together?
1: Well, you know, I, I I think Wynn probably moves up. I think Huff's just there to rehab. I think when, yeah. when Huff got a rehab days, I think he'll go to AAA. Um, you know, and and everybody thinks Young is, is going to get called up uh, and, and debut this year. And, you know, the injury put a, a pretty good sized dent in that, but he's, you know, he, 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 he's, he's a really good player and, and double a doesn't seem to be like a huge test for him. Um, I know his average has dipped a little bit. He hasn't homered for a while, but, um, he made a quick adjustment to the league. Maybe they've adjusted back and he's, he's now in the process of adjusting back, but, um, it's not the end of the world if he doesn't debut. I don't think, um, you know, it, it, he he's going to be the third baseman at some point next season I, I don't think there's any doubt you know I you know God bless Charlie Culverson and, and Brock Holt for for what they've brought to the team but I mean come on you know the, the, they're not future pieces uh, although I wouldn't mind seeing either either one of them hang around I mean you know the utility guys or whatever but uh Young, Young's the guy and and maybe it happens in September maybe it doesn't but um there there's just so much to like about him. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Bubba Thompson and I did write about him. That's the, that's gotta be the development story of the year. So from, yeah. from where he was in 2019, he hit under 200, he was hurt. He, he was lost and just looked terrible. And, um, he, he, has been really, really good. And he's still striking out too much. Um, you can say that about Leote also, but, um, man, what, a, what a turnaround and what, a, what a really pleasant development for a guy, you know, one of those high school, high-risk high school first round picks that the Rangers are, are, are famous for, and and he's he appears to have have maybe struck on something. You know, they don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. He, he needs to you know do it at Triple A too. But uh, man, with, with, with his defense and athleticism, he he's a he's a very intriguing player at this point. He's he he should be. Uh, you know, I I did the Baseball America prospect handbook, and there was a lot of debate about where to put him. Uh, I think he ended up somewhere in the 23 to 26 range. And I think next year he'll, he'll be top 20 for sure. Yeah. I can't believe, I think I can't
2: remember if it was Levi Weaver. I, I think on Twitter uh, said that even him walking to first base is athletic. Yeah. <laughs> everything he does is athletic. Now he throws guy. athletic. He, he takes practice, swings,
1: athletic, everything he does. Well, he was, he was such a good football player and, um, you know, he never got to, he never got to focus just on baseball. And I know that was four years ago and there's been a lot of time, but um, maybe it's all coming together. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's hundred percent baseball and has been, and he's healthy. And, and somewhere along the way, something has clicked, it appears.
2: Yep. And let's talk about one of his outfield mates. who was the hero last night, Josh Stowers uh, right now. Um, <laughs> looks like the Rangers may have won that trade. I know it's premature, but how does that Rugnet Odor for Josh Doward's trade look right now, seeing as the, the future that, that Josh Doward may have?
1: Well, the fact that Rugnet door isn't on the roster is a win. Uh, the Rangers already won that trade, all right? <laughs> uh, but but th- this guy, man, you know, uh, he, he kind of fits the mold. He's just He's got a lot of power, which I, I'm not sure the Rangers uh, were expecting this much. Uh, you know, he, he came to he came to minor league spring training late because of the trade. He, he kind of struggled there in May. He, he had some time on the, the injury list. Uh, but since then, he's been great. And, and you know, but in a day and age where, where power in the home run seems to be uh, what 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 draws every gets everybody's attention. And um, this this guy's filling it up and, and he can play all three outfield spots, which is important. And and suddenly with him and, and Thompson, uh, Leote, yeah, you, you can go further and further down. Rangers have a lot of good outfielders who who are coming through the system, and 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 you know and the deal is at the the major you know the the major league roster they have they have a who's who's probably a left fielder going forward. I think uh, Joey, who uh, I absolutely positively think the Rangers should should extend, don't trade him. Uh, and 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 then and then center field you could be jockeying for position between a bunch of guys and you know they're high on Eli White who 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 has kind of really kind of shown something here in the second go round this season I I don't I don't know that he plays every day but I think he can play in the outfield he can play in the infield run like hell so you know you know a championship team needs guys like that so maybe that's his eventual role a fourth outfielder something like that but. um there, there's there's some good things happening in the outfield. Yeah, Eli White, they said that uh, the fastest speed from home
2: plate to first that he tops in the league, um, he had the fastest speed as, or as far as how long, how long it took him to get to first. So that's, yeah, like you said, that's pretty – that
1: yeah. can be important. Yeah, team. I mean, he, he and Leody, uh last spring, the last time we were allowed to talk to players at spring training, uh, they were neck and neck on – on a lot of the the shuttle runs or whatever the heck they call them. And I mean, well, if you, you know, if you, if you, the the one, the one thing about the Astros, you know, forget about the trash can banging and stuff there, their outfield defense in those years was so, so good with, with Marisnyk and Springer. And I'm sure I'm forgetting the other Reddick, I guess, but I mean, the balls just didn't fall in. And you, if you, if you have guys like that in the outfield that can, that can turn, doubles into singles or singles into outs. Yeah. It's so big for a pitching staff, especially one that's going to be young and is going to need as much help as it can get.
0: Yeah. Now we didn't talk about, it. we've been talking about double a, but another guy that I think may get a call up this year. And I was wondering your opinion on it is Curtis Terry. I know he hadn't played above a ball before this year, but he has really seemed to be comfortable at triple a this year.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and uh, he's a, he's a development success story. I would say, um, for, for, you know, he's been in the system for six years now. Um, he was a minor league free agent. Uh, didn't, didn't get, uh, I guess he wasn't a free agent, but he didn't get protected from the rule five draft. Nobody picked him. And uh, I've, you know, just, he can hit anything. That's the thing that the, the Rangers talked about throughout spring training. Uh, the, this, the, there's not a pitch. This guy can't get to, uh, he, he may, he, he's a tough at bat. And you see that he's got, he, he's got power Uh not, not just, you know, gap to gap. He can clear, he can clear a bunch of fences. Uh, the defense, you know, we saw it in spring training wasn't great, but, um, you know, Kenny Holmberg is the manager of AAA. He's also the infield coordinator. So he's done a lot of work with, with Kurt. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, when you kind of look at first base in the system, um, there aren't a lot of them. And I, I know that Huff can play there. Apostle is probably going to end up there just, you know, because young is going to force him off a of third, but, uh, like a true first baseman, you know, there there's Kurt Terry and maybe Blaine Krim. I mean, and, and so uh, there's a chance there. And, and, and if Nate Lowe ends up, um, you know, not, not hitting left-handers um, maybe, maybe there's a platoon there. I, d- I don't know, but I, I think that, that if, if Kurt Terry is hitting a triple A, he's hit everywhere he's been, you got to give him a chance to hit in the major leagues. Maybe it's, maybe it's a DH, you know, with, with Willie Calhoun getting hurt all the time. And, and uh, maybe he's cursed. Maybe it's not going to work out. Uh, I, I I don't know. But but there's going to be a spot for Kurtz back. Yeah, you, you really feel for Willie Calhoun. It seems like the time is running out because he just keeps
2: getting injured. He's not getting a chance to stay stay with it and and show that he can be consistent because he just he just loses time and he doesn't get he just doesn't get that doesn't get the opportunity to put a consistent and even a half season together.
1: Yeah. And, you know, he wasn't like he was knocking the cover off the ball before he got hurt and um, they're giving him opportunities. And, um, you know, I, you can give him, you can give him the job and say, all right, go hit, but you got to go hit. And, um, you know, God bless him. You know, these injuries uh, are freak things, the broken jaw, the broken arm. Um, You know, he does have some issues with his soft tissues, but he's, he's gotten himself in better shape and, and uh, you really aren't, aren't running into those as much, but it's, uh, it's kind of a snake bit thing. It's kind of like a Joe Palumbo, too. I mean, I, you know, I, Joe Palumbo, you, you get, he gets healthy, then he comes you know, his, his ulcerative colitis flares up then he hurts his back. I mean, it's, you know, there's talent there for sure. But if, if you can't be on the field and you can't perform in games and get the reps, it's just hard to advance and, and, and move up or solidify your spot on, on, on the big league roster. The best ability is availability, right?
0: (laughs) Right. You're absolutely right. Hey, guys. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions like how do I record an episode? How do I get my show into the apps all the people like to listen to? And how do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of these questions is really simple. It's called Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and extremely easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I've been using Anchor now for oh, almost a year And I really enjoy it. It's a lot easier than any of the other podcast apps I've ever tried. And again, it's free, guys. It really is free. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, So if you want to get started on a podcast and making money doing it, then go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start. Anchor, the best way to podcast.
2: Let's let's go over the All-Star game real quick. It was an overall good representation for, for Joey Gallo, Adolis Garcia, and Kyle Gibson. Uh, do you think that – I know we talked Gallo a minute ago, but do you think this raises their trade value nationally as far as Gallo or in Gibson? Or will teams uh, kind of be hesitant to offer enough to get either one?
1: Well, you know, it's it's uh, it's really interesting because before I left the other place, Joey, uh, you know, I wrote a story saying, you know, he – He's not looking to break the bank. He doesn't want to go anywhere. Uh, Apparently he really liked that story and sent it to John Daniels uh, to make sure JD saw it. And so, um, you know, just the way the trades are breaking down, you know, it's not, it's not 2007 anymore. You're not going to get four of the Braves top 10 prospects for Joey Gallo. You, You know, you're, you're just, I mean, look at the Mike Clevenger deal last year. Uh, all all kinds of trades like that. And the Rangers, the Rangers said they could have had a Clevenger type deal for Lance Lynn at the deadline last year. But if you look at that deal, I don't think the Padres gave up like any top 10 prospects. They just gave up some bodies and, uh, you know, maybe the Indians needed some depth in their system. The Rangers don't, you know, and, and, and the Rangers are going to play a place, a high value on Gallo and Gibson and teams are gonna have to meet it. And, you know, I, I, I know that, that, you know, their value, for Gibson and and Gallo is not going to get any higher than it is right now. You know, as, as soon as the trade deadline passes, the next time you can move them is what, what the off season. Uh, So there goes, two months of control and no pennant race for a team. Um, I I just, I just really think that the Rangers are seriously considering extending Gallo. I, I think that this, this version of Joey Gallo, Joey Gallo for the past month, it's one of it's one of the best offensive players in the game, and how can this team shed that? You, you can't you can't do it. And they're going to have money because you know what they lead the major leagues in, in attendance. I think they're going to have a ton of money to sign them, and and it's not going to take as much as you know. Gallo said he's not looking for Mookie Bettsman. He's very realistic about the player he is and and what kind of what kind of value he has. He wants to be treated fairly, of course, but. I, I think that it can get done for, uh, I, well, I don't know. I don't like throwing out those numbers, but, uh, it can get done a lot more affordably than people think, especially when they hear Scott Boris is Gallo's agent. Yeah. That's what I was about
2: to ask about. Everybody sees the name Scott Boris tagged to him and they think, Oh gosh. But the thing is Rangers and Scott Boris have made really good deals with one another in the past. They've got a good relationship. And when you look at the Elvis Andrews extension that, that he got whenever it was time to time to look at that. So it's not that it's not like Scott Boris is going to go face the Rangers. He can get the best deal for his players, but he's also going to listen to the players as well.
1: Yeah. And there are instances where he's done that. I mean, he, you know, Jer- Jared Weaver, I think was the, the most famous one. Cause everybody was shocked that take his free agency and that he, he signed with the angels, uh, the extension with the angels. And, uh, it was it was it was a pretty club friendly deal but but Weaver was was a resolute and you know he wanted to stay with the Angels and and that's the way Gallo is with the Rangers I mean Joey is I mean he's been staying it for 2 years he does not want to he does not want to leave here you know he's moved to Dallas Dallas is his home um you know there's there's a lot of commitment there and and, and keep in mind th- this guy is on one of the worst teams in baseball right now he, he's he's taking it he's he's wearing these losses and he wants to be here for, for when they're, they're good again. And how would you not want that? I mean, th- th- that's just such a, a, a great quality. He's, he's, he's bought into the organization. I think he's kind of the, uh, you know, a poster child of what this organization wants. He plays hard. He, he's really good. He shows up every day. Uh, he puts on a good face. This is the guy. I mean, <clears throat> you know, if you're looking for a next face of the franchise, why can't it be Joey Gallo? And he's he's still only 26, so, I mean, there's a lot. There's just so much to like about him. Um, and and so, uh, you know, it, ulti- ultimately it comes down to the player's decision with any agent. And and I think I think Joey's going to be um, pretty, pretty, uh, I don't want to say defiant, but he's going to stand his ground, I think, when, when it comes time, if it comes time.
0: So if neither of them get traded here at the deadline, either Gallo or Gibson, do you think the Rangers get a deal done with Gallo? Mm-hmm. And do you think they consider extending Gibson?
1: Uh, I, th- I I mean, if you're not, if if you don't trade him, you got to you got to extend him. Uh, you know, you don't want to get into the situation you did with you Darvish uh, in in 2017, where you 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 take a lot less at the at a, at a deadline. And uh, although you know, hey, maybe maybe AJ Alexi you know becomes the 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 big piece of that trade after all. But um, I I mean, I've, I've heard I've heard Rangers officials say we might extend, you know, we may, we may look into extending him. Like, yeah, this is a possibility. So uh, as far as Gibson, he's a little older, you know, I I don't know that, that he's going to need a long contract. I don't know that he's going to bake the, break the bank. That doesn't seem like his style. You know, I mean, this is a, this is a, this is a really, really good, good guy. Good man. Uh, Gives back to charity. Uh, He's comfortable here. You know, they, Rangers really helped him figure out his ulcerative colitis. And um, I mean, this is, there's just, there's a lot of good in the organization. Uh, there's a lot to like, including the ballpark. And um, I, I, I think this is a good home for a lot of people. Do you extend Gibson? I mean, it's nothing outrageous. You know, you're not going to give him eight years, you know, probably, probably probably two if an option or three would, would, would do it. Um, but I, I do think that he will, I think he's more likely to be traded than than Gallo. I don't I don't know that the probability is high for either one of them. But there's my daughter,
2: <laughs> yeah, Howdy. All right.
1: Um, um, but um, yeah, you know, like the like the Dodgers. You know, if the Dodgers are going to contend, they probably need another pitcher. With with the uh, Trevor Bauer situation uncertain, and with with Kershaw dealing with, I guess his elbow is okay, but still uh, they could use an arm. Um the Padres are, are down a starter. So, you know, maybe maybe the NL West, the war to win the NL West becomes uh uh very good for the Rangers. But um yeah, I I I just think that of, of the two, Gibson probably in my mind would be more likely to be traded. Yeah, and I think um with Gibson with what he's done
2: this year, he's done it in the AL facing the DH. So that actually would increase his value a little bit to those National League teams, wouldn't you think?
1: Well, I mean, if, if the rule of thumb is you knock a half a run off your uh, uh, American League pitcher's ERA uh, for facing the DH, he's got a 179 ERA then. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty, pretty good stuff. And uh, you know, with whatever he did, whatever he's done, the changes, I, I think it's more than just a cutter. There's some mechanics in there. Um, you know, and he he has sustained it for half a season. Can he sustain it for a season and a half? Uh, you know, can he sustain it for three and a half seasons? That's that's maybe a question the Rangers need to ask themselves.
2: Yeah, just with, with the way he pitches this year, and I didn't you know, obviously we didn't we haven't seen it because if we would have seen it, we would have been, we entered the season raving him. But it just seems like every pitch he throws has a ton of spin on it. When it comes off right. the bat, it's spinning gone crazy. And some some of the foul balls, foul tips that he gets, the, the way the ball just kind of flails off to the side. It looks like a, a, a golfer. I said this to Chris, how a golfer is hitting an approach on the green, the way the ball's spin back and die and just this crazy spin on everything. And yeah, and I was kind of concerned whenever they started enforcing, I hate to say this, but it, being realistic when they started enforcing the sticky stuff, and, you know, with all the spin that he puts on it, would he be affected? And no, that's not been the case. He's been, he's been really spinning it, literally spinning gyms.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, after, after the crackdown, he actually got got, got even better yeah. <laughs> uh, other than this last start, which wasn't really his fault, but um, yeah, it's uh, and and maybe that's a factor. Maybe guys are looking for, maybe teams are looking for guys who, who are uh, now, now have proven that they don't need sticky stuff. Maybe that's a thing. I don't know, but um, it, it, there's just, there's a lot to like about, about his season, obviously. And um well, good for him. Well, I, I don't know what's going to, I don't know what's going to happen, but more, more power to him, whatever does happen.
0: All right. Do you think the Rangers are going to be better, worse, or pretty much the same in the second half of the season?
1: Well, you know, <laughs> it depends, you know, cause if you call up a bunch of young guys, uh, you're basically dealing with what you dealt with in May, uh, or June rather. And, um, so that, that's a tough one, but, um, I, I think that, I think they will be better, especially if they don't make deals at the deadline. I think I'm, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not a scout. I'm not, but, but what everybody I talk to says is the Rangers are seeing their guys making improvements. Um, they need now, obviously they need more improvements. Like they need Nick Solak to get better uh, for instance, but you know, they're seeing development and, and, Every every outing, these guys uh, are learning. They're discussing it. They're asking questions, and they go back out and they're not afraid. And and you know that's something that I, I remember Ron, Ron Washington saying: this, "This guy's not afraid." You know that means that the, these guys are are, are going to go out there and they're willing to put their necks on the line. And even if it's an ugly result, they're going to go back and fight the next day. So uh, I, they have a chance to be better. I mean, it, it's uh, I haven't looked at the schedule. I know they you know they're obviously have to go through their division. I think they still have to go to New York and to Boston. So there, there's going to be some bumps in the road. But uh, I, I think the team has a chance to be better, um, especially, especially if it's this group. You know, if you throw in too many prospects, you know, everything goes out the window. But if it's this group that's, the, that's with the team now, I think, I think they have a chance to improve.
2: Yeah. uh, I think Michael Young said what Ron Washington said, just a little bit more colorfully. You want, you know, you want a player that wants to go out on the field and kick your ass. (laughs) That's pretty much, that's the way Michael Young took it it to the field. And uh, yeah. So I guess what the good answer to that question maybe would be, it's it's how they do in the second half is trade line dependent because if they have the same squad, they could be better because they kind of know where guys fit now. I mean, Chris Woodward done a great job, I think, because in the first first of the season, he really, you know, he's still trying to put a lineup together based on, yeah. you know, the lineup was just a, really uh, fluid until maybe what a quarter of the way through the season until you're able to kind of figure out what the team meshes. So the trade line, depend, trade line dependent, obviously Gallo Gibson, maybe some other guys gone or, you know, if the same group is still here, they, they could be better.
1: Yeah. And then uh, you're, you're right. Cause of the, the past uh, two, three years, maybe longer than that, you know, August 1st has been the day when the Rangers have started to pull up guys from the minor leagues and then just say, all right, this, this is your job. I mean, so, um, that's still possible, you know, depending on what happens at the deadline, uh, you know, if, if they decide that they want to, uh, move out some of the more veteran guys who aren't producing, um, like Culberson or, or hold, although I, 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 I'm not saying that's going to happen, but there are some spots there. Um, you know, how, how much, how much more do you need to see Jordan Lyles? You know, um, guy, you know, he, he's, he's, been pretty good, he's been pretty good of late. Um, but you know, and, and maybe, maybe, maybe they can get something for Lyles. I don't know. You know, he, he's done well at past trade deadlines. So, um, and they get a little something for him. Fulton yeah, Fulton Evich could be back next year. He's still got another year of control. So I don't know that, that the Rangers would fully give up on him, but if they needed a, a, a spot in the rotation, Hey,
2: knock that off.
1: Sorry. <laughs> if they needed a spot in the rotation, um, I could see Fulton Evich getting skipped or something like that. Um, so yeah, there, there's some, there's definitely some wiggle room in there for, for the Rangers to maneuver. Um, Whether or not they trade Gallo and Gibson and uh, Ian Kennedy. I think Ian Kennedy's gone, by the way.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I agree with that. Well, we won't take any more of your time, Jeff. We appreciate it.
1: Yeah, apparently I've got to go to a harmonica <laughs> Apparently you did. Yeah, I was so. going to say, she's just
2: trying to play, she's trying to give us some good tunes on the harmonica there. right? We, yeah. got, a, we got a cameo out of your daughter
1: out of this. This is great. Yeah, she's good. She was in and out, man. Oh, well. <laughs>
0: All right. It's jeffwilson.substack. Is that correct? jeffwilson.substack.com. Yeah. Yep. Um, subscribe. Yep. I did. I'm yep, really sure. enjoying it. Like I said, it's been great. Um. So, yeah, thank you for joining us.
1: All right, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Appreciate you, Jeff. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Anytime. Anytime. Anytime.
0: Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.